Hi, this is Be Play Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. When we walk down to the local coffee shop and my daughter wears her beautiful blue Queen Elsa dress, we get lots of comments on about, about how cute she is. And she is. She's very cute. But I'm pretty sure we'd get different reactions if my son should decide when he's old enough that he'd like to wear the same dress to the same coffee shop. I'd like to think that I'm open-minded and supportive enough that I'd let my son wear what he likes and not worry about anyone else. But I do worry about how different reactions from other people might affect him. Today, we're talking about gender exploration in toddlers with Danielle Jans, childcare manager with the Benevolent Society in Sydney. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. How important is it to let our children explore different genders? I think when we're encouraging children just to become whoever they are, part of that is discovering what they like and what they don't like, what they're interested in, what they're passionate about, and making sense of the world around them. And they often do that. They do that through play. And often you'll see, you know, you may see a little boy with a doll and he's cradling it and, cu- and cuddling it and he may be have, feeding it a bottle. That's something that he may have seen his dad do or his mum do. And he's just doing the same thing. And what a wonderful way to see that nurturing side of any child, whether it be boy or girl. I think it's interesting that the older children seem to get the more we seem to have flags go up. It might be people smile and coo maybe at a two-year-old if you, if your daughter's two when she's wearing her beautiful Elsa dress down to the coffee shop. I would hazard a guess that if your son was six and did the same thing, that it you would get probably more eye, raised eyebrows around, oh, isn't that interesting? And I wonder if she realises, <laughs> which I think says a lot more about how we are supporting our children around the community in which they they exist and they, and they thrive and they live in and the impact that that has on how we're raising our children. We may feel really comfortable as parents in letting our children explore lots of different parts of their personality, you know, playing with trucks, building with, with um, different construction materials, being in the sand, exploring dress-ups and playing in home corner, whether they be boys or girls. But sometimes I think we worry that if that's out in in a community type experience or that we have other people watching us, we become concerned about what they think of our child. And I think that can cause parents uh, a few questions within themselves. Am I doing the right thing? Is that okay? And it's funny because I I would say that I'm progressive in my thinking, Mm -hmm. open-minded, accepting, all of those things. But I did see there was a boy at our childcare centre who was wearing a Queen Elsa dress and I didn't, didn't say anything to him. But my first thought was, oh, isn't that interesting? And I feel like that's interesting to me looking at myself as an adult and wondering about my own socialisation process that I don't think that there's anything wrong with a boy wearing a dress. But my immediate reaction to seeing that. You actually noticed it. I noticed it. We shouldn't, like I would have thought in 2015, it's not even something to be noticed. But do you think that shows, I mean, I'm not saying that I am an example of a high thinking, (laughs) emotionally functioning adult, but is is that an indication of where we are as a society that we still notice things like that? 
I was reflecting upon uh, this particular topic when I was asked to come in and it's been interesting to notice just over my career over the last 20 or so years that I feel my sense is that with girls, we seem to be far more open now with our younger girls in terms of them playing with trucks and being in messy play and mud and, and you know, even dressing as a, we have a label, a tomboy. We don't seem to have an equivalent term of endearment for our boys if they're exploring dress-ups or home corner or areas of interest that we may have previously seen as the areas where girls would generally be found. And I think around what does that actually mean for how we, we've developed in terms of, of gender equity the, and the fact that you yourself said, you know, I noticed a boy, um, which, which I think is really common. You know, um, you know, I think back about my own experience and we've had beautiful little boys who have loved dress-ups from the minute they walk in. You know, they don the beautiful gold evening gown with the glow mesh handbag. Why wouldn't you want to, really? And, you know, it, and they clack around in the heels to match and they have an amazing experience all day and that's their favourite thing to do. And it raises eyebrows from people and yet um, a girl in mud play, apart from, oh gee, that's going to be hard to get though, the, the dirt out of that outfit, um, people don't seem to have the same sort of interest or curiosity and what does it have anything to do with? I'm, I'm thinking about our early childcare centres and kindergartens and things like that. Does it have anything to do with role models, adult role models in children's lives? Is that reflected at all in the idea of masculine versus feminine? Because there aren't a lot of men working in childcare, are there? There, there are quite a rare commodity, and we need more male figures in early education. We need more male figures in education, full stop. I think. Um, there are children who are growing up in single parent households that may predominantly be with a female as as the adult in that household. Um, there are children who may have, have male role figures that, that don't necessarily work from home. They may be long distance. They may be out doing a variety of different roles, which takes them away from home for quite a long periods of time. I think for all children, we need great role models, whether that be male or female. That's just my summary of, of what all children deserve to have in their education and care settings. I think it's around our ability to advocate for play and for children to have the opportunity to explore all areas of interest. And that is actually regardless of what we think they should be interested in as parents or as teachers. I think teachers are quite open and inclusive of children exploring all the different areas that they offering within their classrooms I think often it's parents who have questions and it seems to be the older the children get the more the questions become prevalent we seem to be okay with a two-year-old dressing up but yet if we see and they're a boy if we see the same if a parent sees the same in a five-year-old boy you you start to get a few questions about is that okay so what are the sort of reactions you've seen from parents when you say, you know, there's the boys that have spent the day clacking around in their great little mm. heels and their glow mesh top? <laughs> Sounds like something you might find in my That's wardrobe. That's fabulous. Um, what, what kind of reactions have you seen um, from parents? Look, there's a range of different responses or, or emotional reactions that anyone can have to any, any given situation that happens with their children. But I find... Quite often we parent through 
a default position of anxiety or fear. So if we really want our child to be a social, connected child, we'll go around organising all these play dates to help them be social. Often if we're concerned that our little boy is not being masculine for what that looks like from our perception as a parent or that our little girl's not being feminine from what we have as our perception of what a little girl should be developing like at that particular point in time, we may get comments that, well, I don't think that should be encouraged or I don't want to see him in fairy wings and well, I don't want to see her with the trucks. Why isn't she in home corner? Then I think it's it's about us reassuring parents that it's just a natural exploration of children discovering who they are and what they like. If we can just let children explore opportunities, they'll naturally gravitate to what they prefer and what they don't, the same as adults. How can we as parents allow our children that um, space, I guess, and or how can we encourage them to explore those different roles in a safe and supportive way without, you know, bringing our own baggage into it, I guess? I think often it's around those moments that happen where we have an initial response. So it might be that your children want to paint their toenails and their fingernails, and it might be that you've got boys might be that you've got boys and girls, might be that you've got girls. If we have the reaction of, oh, well, let's just do them black because black seems to be an okay colour for boys. (laughs) And yet if given that, you know, you put the the bottles out and just watch what your little person picks. Do they pick the gold speckle one? Do they pick the blue and the pink? Do they pick the black one? And whatever they pick, how fabulous. And I think it's if we can just step back and have a deep breath and say, you know what, it's okay, it's just nail polish. Um, some people feel more comfortable having that their boys paint their toenails because they can cover it up with shoes <laughs> as they get older, often at school too. You know, you're not allowed fingernail polish at some schools. So it's okay if you have it on the toenails because they're in their school shoes. Um, so I think it's about that opportunity just to celebrate that they, they can make choices. And if we can see it just as that rather than a gender issue or, or is there an underlying concern. And I think for some parents... Unfortunately, some of our default positions may be around sexuality. Uh, Is my little boy going to grow up to be gay? Is my little girl going to grow up to be gay? Um, If they're already dressing like a boy and they're a girl, they only want to wear pants, they won't wear a dress or a skirt, they won't wear tights. Or a little boy that, you know, may just really love to hang out in the home corner. Does that mean that he's too feminine? And sometimes they're our own underlying concerns about maybe the journey that that would be too hard for our child. It may not be that we're nat- that we have a phobia. It may be around our concern for our child having choosing a pathway or having a pathway chosen that may be a lot harder than what we would like for them. So we try and encourage what we think will fit really well in our community and in society. And what about? You know, I was saying uh, I I am, would be worried about how my son might or daughter might respond to comments from other people or raised eyebrows or even other little kids being mean or cruel. Do you have any advice? I'm terrible at that stuff, just putting it out there. I'm terrible when I look at something. Even when uh, I think on the weekend there was a little girl that was a bit older than my daughter and she was kind of picking on her a bit because she was younger. I I just don't know what to do. I mean, Mm. when it comes to how other people respond to them, what do you see the role as a parent in that situation? 
you know, should should you should you be taking the child aside and talking to them and say, don't worry about them, or should you be just speaking to the other adult and saying, well, butt out, it's not your kid, <laughs> which might be what you want to do. I think you've got to be careful when you start talking to other adults randomly. <laughs> One never quite knows what the reaction or response may be. I think, it, again, it depends on the age of your child. But if your child, for example, you're, you may have a, a little boy who has beautiful long hair and they may be at the playground or at the park or at kindy and someone says, you can't be a boy, you've got long hair. And it's absolutely fine to, to pull them aside and say, you've got long hair and isn't it beautiful? And, and let them see other pictures of other men and boys that have long hair. Beckham had long hair. There Nothing we go. Wrong with David there Beckham. we go. There's many examples out there. I can't I... believe I said that because my husband actually has long hair too. But there we go. He's very handsome as well. I'm sure he is. There we go. There's lots of opportunities to have those conversations and just really normalise what it is for, for you and your family and for your child. And I think that's where children feel that they have a secure base with you and that someone's there for them that it's okay because you can also get it at kindy. I mean, from the simple fact, I remember children who, and look, many teachers would have a similar conversation, I'm sure, where they can say children discover each other in the bathrooms and you'll have a girl and a boy going to the toilet and all of a sudden one will look at the other one and say, oh, what's that? (laughs) And then they say, well, it's my penis or whatever word their particular family. Oh, well, I haven't got one of those. (laughs) How come I haven't got one of those? And it's, you know, on goes this conversation. And, you know, I've even seen it too at a party where there were, you know, it was the middle of summer and the kids are just randomly stripped off and decided to play under the hose. And look, it's all lovely. And then they start to, two of the boys find an, a water bottle and they start to wee in the water bottle. And the little girl was devastated because she didn't have what they've got <laughs> to be able to, to, aim be able so to do it too. <laughs> Oh dear, so many things to explore. Well, listen, in summary, Danielle, what what would you say to parents about how to handle this phase of a child's life when it comes to exploring different gender roles? I think be reassured that you're doing a great job, parenting's hard work, and you're enabling your child to explore who they are as a person rather than I'm a girl, so therefore this is what I do, or I'm a boy, so therefore this is what I do. You're giving them the opportunity to find out who they are in a journey that is hopefully lifelong. And that is full of opportunities and they've got your support if they come up against anything that's a bit tricky. Thank you so much for coming in, Danielle. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.